Hey there. My name's Adam. I'm one of the radio producers at Triple R here in Melbourne, Australia. Before you dive into this week's podcast, I just wanted to let you know that it's Radiothon time here at the station. What's Radiothon? It's our annual subscription and donation drive. It's the most important time in the Triple R calendar. Triple R is a fully independent, listener-supported broadcaster. All the programs and podcasts that you hear on the station only exist because of you, the listener, providing the financial support for us to do what we do best. If you like what you hear from Triple R's programs and presenters, now is the perfect time to donate or take out an annual subscription with the station. Anyone who subscribes to Triple R from Friday, August 25 to Wednesday, October 4, 2023, will go in the chance to win one of hundreds of major and specialty prizes. There's things out there for everyone. Uh, there's big major prizes if you live in Victoria. There are prizes for pets. If you want to subscribe a cat or a dog to the station, people do. Um, if you want to find out more about subscribing and hear about all the great prizes, you can head to rrr.org.au forward slash radiothon. I'll leave you now to enjoy a very special Radiothon edition of this week's podcast. Triple R's regular programming will return on September 4. See you later. Triple R. Welcome to this week's Radiothon edition of Spin Cycle. We are the media show that tries to make sense of the chaos, nay, educate you about the chaos. <laughs> Although I don't want to... Seamless, yes. I feel like it's too lofty. To, I, I feel, already feel bad about <laughs> promising that there's any education involved with this show. I'm so sorry. Um, tonight, uh, we do hope to bring you an educational array of reasons to send a little bit of your hard-earned our way. We are, of course, broadcasting from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, lands for which sovereignty has never been ceded, always was, always will be Aboriginal land. I am Jess Lilly in the studio with Crikey's Charlie Lewis and contributing to editor to the monthly, Rachel Withers. G'day, friends. Hi, Jess. Hey, Jess. And seeing it's uh, the radio theme this year is it's educational, we're trying a little educational experiment and thought we'd make <laughs> the whole process of tonight's show a learning experience for us all. So nine-year-old Donnie is joining us as well <laughs> <laughs> to read your names out when you subscribe. Um, don't let him down. You better not. <laughs> Hi, Donnie. How are you? Uh, good. So um, you're in grade four. Yeah. What do you learn in grade four? Well, geography, math, literature, like the usual things you would have learned in grade four, really. I, I think that's the complaint. A lot of people have the, about the education system, but that is a topic for another day. <laughs> um, and, and tell me, what do you learn from listening to Triple R? Um, not things. I would learn from school, like, history from indigenuity to, like, music from, like, a lot of shows or to food and eat it or, like, a lot other, like, shows. Not rehearsed at all. And, um, <laughs> what? <laughs> and tell me, which is more educational, Donny, grade four or triple R? I have to go triple R. <laughs> I mean, I'm in triple R. <laughs> Donny knows how to play to the crowd. <laughs> I do. Donny gets a lift home tonight. So, uh, <laughs> 
Donnie will be, um, as we said, reading out some names, so please don't disappoint our friend here. Um, in the second half of the show, we're going to be dialing in another, none other than Laura Tingle, oh my goodness, uh, who has been giving us all a, a political education as one of the greatest um, correspondents political journalists of this country for some time now. Uh, plus, we're going to be chatting to cartoonist John Kudelka, who has set off a grassroots boycott, excuse me, boycott of the Walkleys, Walkley Awards owing to the event's fossil fuel funding. And it seems to be gathering pace on uh, social media, so we'll be chatting to him about that. Um, now, I do love Radiothon because it gives us a chance to run through the reasons we love coming in and um, doing what we do. So there will be a little bit of sentimental reminiscing among the <laughs> spruiking. But I, but I do understand for listeners, um, they are listening to announcer after announcer doing the same thing. So we will try and balance it out. And I do believe, Charlie and Rachel, um, if, if subscriptions and donations are going well and we hit some numbers... Um, you guys are, are happy to regale us with some of your more embarrassing um, journalistic blunders. Pub- yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know a lot of a lot of my time on this show is just burning bridges, <laughs> and why not really commit to that? So <laughs> I don't know. We haven't really. We should have really set on a number. I realised. Yeah, like it has to be, be a certain, a, quite a high number. Reach. I mean, I think we can base. The level of embarrassment of our stories yeah, based that's on how high we actually get. Because almost everything about being a journalist is kind of embarrassing. It's like, constant conflict Trying to talk so. to people who don't want to talk to you is embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, I cringe all the time. Um, and so, yeah, I think cool, cool. depending how, how high we get. It's we a can... gradient. It's a gradient. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll, let, we'll keep you guys posted. I at. love that public humilia- humiliation for money in the bank is definitely not beneath <laughs> us here at Spin Cycle. We're journalists. That's the, that's the gig. <laughs> Uh, Donnie, I believe you already have some names that you can uh, share with us. Um, we've got Chris McManus from Coburg North. He's renewing to respect the rock. Gus On you, Chris. Gus Kelly from Alwood. He's a passionate renewer for On the Blower. His message is, thanks for keeping our minds and laughing gear active, Tony. Cheers to another year. Nicole Roberts from Ab- Abbotsford is renewing to to the whole station and the message is I love so much that this station exists I relate so closely to so much if it listening feels like being part of something and Andrew Nielsen from Surrey Hills he's renewing to superfluity oh my god if any of us got paid Donnie you would be on a wage (laughs) (laughs) that that was was very good means that none of us get paid Oh, all right. I've got uh, a couple here as well. We've got Fru Uo from Fitzroy is subscribing to the station. Long-time listener, first-time subscriber. Oh, thank you, thank Fru. you Fru. Uh Tessa Matchen from Frankston South uh, subscribing to Live at Triple R. Helen Nicholson from Brunswick West uh, to the whole station. Thank you, Triple R, for all the great programs and tunes. Love, Helen and Juno. Uh, George Dunford in Northcote. Subscribing to Smart Arts. Thanks for a brilliant year of arts coverage. And finally, David Fian in Richmond is subscribing to Stolen Moments. Says, love Friday afternoon gigs in the performance space. What a perfect way to start the weekend. Amazing. I've got Oscar and Willow Andrew from Rosanna. 
they are new subscribers to Breaking and Entering, and who could possibly blame them? They're also, <laughs> according to their message, two border collies, and we can't wait until Dad comes home from the mines so we can drive around <laughs> in his car and listen to Triple R. Thank you so much, Oscar and Willow. Oh, amazing. I love it. <laughs> We've got uh, Nikki Steendom from Nyora. Uh, she is renewing two maps. We've got Elizabeth Miles from Footscray, uh, represent the West. Uh, she's new and she is subscribing to the whole station. We've got Wes Barton from East Melbourne, uh, renewing, plus a donation of $15. Thank you so much. To Breaking and Entering Again. Thank you for the tunes and chats. Tim McCann from Fraser in the ACT, a new subscriber but a passionate one to the whole station. Uh, Sophie N from West Melbourne, renewing to Twang. Kate Robertson from Fitzroy North, uh, renewing plus a $100 donation to Breakfasters. Uh, Thank you so much, Kate. You are the best. And Brooke Murray from Preston, renewing uh, to, again, the wonderful breaking and entering. If I could just say, I haven't heard a lot of specific subscriptions to Spin no, Cycle no, no. coming. We... And so unless we hear some of those, no yeah. embarrassing stories we owe tonight. You <laughs> until you get... uh, I'm not sure that those caveats were part of the deal. <laughs> I have heard a few during the week. And listen, your subscriptions are valuable to us regardless of the show that you subscribe Absolutely, to. Absolutely, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, but, but there was a very specific you can, understanding. You can ask we... Breakfasters for some embarrassing stories. <laughs> Um, Shall we start with some actual news stories and then it can sort of degenerate and we can feel like we've done some regular <laughs> programming? <laughs> um, we, won't, we won't go into some of the depths that we normally go to uh, in this show, but there are, you know, it's always a proud moment when um, Australian news stories hit the internet. <laughs> International that has press. never once been true. <laughs> I mean, I think it's I think it's nice when they're fun, light yeah. stories, as yeah, opposed yeah, yeah. to like Australia is the best at locking up refugees yes. or being on fire or extracting fossil fuels. So, like, when or annoying French presidents, or, or, or you know, winning Walkleys for writing for, for for horrible caricatures of visiting tennis players, for example. Oh. <laughs> that one made the news internationally. Did he win a Walkley for that? Anyway. Not for that, not for that. But, but, but a few years later, he, yeah, that would he have been oh, highly yeah. controversial. But um, finally, we are back to... I, I did feel like we were making the news for plenty of the wrong reasons under the previous <laughs> government. And listen, we should probably be making the news for those reasons under the current government. What's changed? But that again, that's a, a story, a conversation for another time. That's such but, a triple <laughs> we are We are making the news currently for the kinds of things that are... Kind Kind of fun or well, slightly death related. Um, I was saying one of them is a. I am like, now twisting myself into yeah. a pretzel. <laughs> However, let's start. So, two headlines that the news that are hitting the news internationally. One is good because it was a great outcome, even if it combined <laughs> the two words brain worms into a real life. <laughs> Brain worm in someone's brain. <laughs> that is how those two words were combined, yes. It's like when you see those trucks that says cookers that drive around Melbourne now, you know, and they're selling mm. like deep fryers, but you can only see the political version of the word cooker. But, yes, brain worms. Brain worms. <laughs> I was hoping one of you might just, you know, take I mean, that and run is, with it. This is, to be honest, one of those stories that I have let, uh, I, I've enjoyed um, peripherally as as I consume a lot of media that isn't related to politics because I spend so much time reading about politics that I see a fun or interesting headline like that and I just don't click on it. But I go, oh, yeah, the, the brain worm that we found in the brain. Um, and, yeah, opening it before tonight's show to have a bit of a look. Um, 
Yeah, it, it was discovered in, in a Canberra hospital uh, in a woman's brain uh, that came, they think, from her uh, e- ingesting some python eggs. These mm. worms are usually found in some That's pythons, where they're usually found, Which yeah. is yeah. also crazy. That's not mm. really an explanation to me. <laughs> <laughs> the worms are in the pythons. What? So I, someone said, oh, you know, it might have got onto her salad from some python poo. So I'm just visualising a python slithering through a bed of spinach... <laughs> Somewhere that, that is then put in coals. <laughs> yes, <laughs> by the fistful, unwashed, and well, she was foraging. She, she got... was foraging. She's a forager. Oh, I there's think. a good link there to the I other think. international story. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think the other thing that's slightly that is slightly. I mean, there's a lot about a giant live worm being found in someone's brain that How immediately big was it? like eight centimeters. Or something? It was big enough, and it was alive. <laughs> anyone who's seen him. Yeah, and it was yeah, it was lively, um, but. The other thing about it is, is that she she was her symptoms were that she was feeling forgetful and depressed, and it's like anyone who lived Same. through any, anyone who lived through lockdown in the state had that for about two years, and now it's like was it not lockdown? Like, we all have brain we worms. All, well, we're all on Twitter a lot, so um, there was a fantastic reenactment from the doctor who pulled the worm out of her brain <laughs> who you know is just not necessarily called on to perform any great sort of media skills mm. is doing life-saving surgery any day of the week and then all of a sudden was asked to reenact what happened using a plastic brain <laughs> for international television and her face acting was a hundred percent i'm like Get that woman, give that woman an Oscar. <laughs> uh, this, this doctor, um, she's an infectious diseases physician, Dr. Sanjaya uh, Senanaya. Sorry, I probably butchered that. But um, she has been a particularly good media performer because she also told, I believe it was The Guardian, she said, that poor patient, she was so courageous and wonderful. You don't want to be the first patient in the world with a roundworm found in pythons. And we really take our hats off to her. She's been wonderful. <laughs> Such oh, a wholesome story. Yeah. Even though oh, I, 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 think I can't the, look the directly at the, it. The, we take our hats off to you. It's an interesting one given the, the location. Of yeah. <laughs> the other story that has made international headlines is um, mushrooms in um, Gippsland. And I feel like... We should just end there <laughs> because that gets really dark. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I, think, I think you know we're all just awaiting the the extremely long podcast, podcast series. Yeah, I mean, I was saying this when this is all the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah mm. but it's kind of like, are we going to make that podcast, or is the international media going to get mm. in and make? Because you can just imagine like a um, a serial or whatever coming in and 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 getting in there. So some Australian media organisation needs to get on top. In a respectful way. There was a good um, 7am episode earlier in the week with Chloe Hooper um, talking about why stories like that, even though they are um, sort of really centred around a family tragedy, why those sorts of stories really grip our attention and become, you know, the sort Mm. of salacious reading and viewing for all of us. So I'd highly recommend anyone uh, listen to that. Melbourne's own. Triple R. So next up, we are going to be chatting to John Kadelka. Uh, John is a cartoonist at the Saturday Paper and the Mercury. He is a fierce protector of Tasmania and a prolific... <laughs> 
tweeter or do we say Xer now? What do we say? Oh, no, no, no. We're still... We say tweeter. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he tweets. Um, he has this week announced that he will not be entering the Walkley Journalism Awards due to their links to Ampol Petroleum, uh, something that people kind of sort of knew about but seemed to have forgotten about. Um, and a lot of Australia's best cartoonists have since joined his bike his boycott um and so have a few writers including myself um so we're very excited to talk to him about it welcome to the show john oh thanks for having me it's nice to finally talk to you i feel like we've been exchanging tweets for years (laughs) (laughs) kind of colleagues um so how long have you been thinking about boycotting australia's most most prestigious journalism awards uh, look, um, I read an article about it by uh, Belinda Noble on Umbrella, and uh, maybe about a month ago. And I thought, oh, well, that's torment for me. I mean, she basically laid out that Empire were sponsoring the Walkleys, and uh, so I, I said, let's well, I'm looking to do it. And then, uh, for reasons uh, out of my control, my blog got uh, disabled for <laughs> a few weeks uh, for technical reasons, and so I sort of forgot about it. And I got it back online, and. Uh, then my editor emailed me and said, look, you're going to put your Walkley's entry in. And I, I basically was stewing over it all night. And then I woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> and wrote an angry blog post about it and said I wasn't going to. So there it is. John, just for, for listeners, what what do the Walkley's generally mean um, for, you know, journalists and political cartoonists in Australia? Is, is it up there in terms of the the sort of prestige, the level of a, of journalistic awards? Oh, look, um, I mean, awards ceremonies, awards as a whole are a massive wank, as, as everyone knows. <laughs> um, I mean, they, I don't think people outside the media really know what a Walkley is, and that's perfectly reasonable. I don't blame them for it. But inside the industry, it's, a, it's quite a big deal. It's all, you know, it, it does aid careers. I mean, I've, I've won a Walkley already, a couple actually, and it doesn't really, it's no skin off my nose to not enter. I'm quite impressed with the number of people who haven't won a Walkley who had a decent shot at it and would further their careers by doing it who've also pulled out. So good on them. And really, it was the price for admission for me was, was nothing. It was negligible, you know, so... It, it's not just the fact that um, that Ampol is not the only um, fossil fuel company who sponsors the awards. They're the major sponsor. BHP is also a sponsor. But there's, the history of Ampol's relationship with the awards is actually goes right back to the beginning, doesn't it? Yeah, they um, uh, was actually founded by uh, by uh, well, his last name was Walker. I can't remember his first name. It's got a, a very much very much an oil baron sounding name. But he you know he started up the media awards because uh, you know there's. It's, to be blunt, it's obvious influence peddling. I mean, you, you give people money. You don't do that for no reason when you're a corporation. You, you expect something back, and what you get back is is people feeling kindly towards you. And if you're in the media and you feel kindly towards someone, you're less likely to write something uh, particularly scathing. I mean, that's just, that's just human nature. So, I mean, it doesn't really work with me because I'm just a massive bastard, but ungrateful <laughs> to other people, you know, better people maybe. Uh, John, do you think um, that this is slightly endemic to the... Um the, the journalism scene in Australia. I mean, the other the other one that I thought of when I was reading your blog post was, of course, the um, the midwinter ball, which until very recently was also sponsored by well, a, a, a huge coterie of of big corporations that should be being held to account by the media figures who are now getting free tickets to a, a, an event where they can get drunk with politicians. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's. I mean, it's that was outrageous, really. I mean, the thing is, it's, it's endemic to the media everywhere. I mean, mm. basically, when I got my first gig as a cartoonist at the Mercury years and years ago, I, I 
as I said, look, don't join anything. Don't take any presents from anyone. Don't let people suck up to you. Mm. And everyone will try and do it. And everyone does. Because they want, you know, they want you to be nice to them, which is perfectly reasonable in human nature, but you've, you know, you've got to try and resist it. So, I mean, a lot of the job of a journalist is resisting that, wanting to be inside the tent and taking little presents. And, uh, you know, that bothers me because if, if you do start taking taking the, the money and, and, you know, taking the sponsorship and hobnobbing on the, the the fossil fuel companies done, then people think that what you're saying might not be, you know, the full deal. And even even the appearance of it, the ceaseless wife thing, if, it, if people think there's, you know... For example, the Walkleys didn't put in a climate change mm. category when, you know, it was proposed. And sure, there were probably good reasons for it, but the thing is that you naturally would have to be suspicious. Yeah. So that's the thing. It, well, it undermines your credibility. I think that ticked a lot of people off to an issue with the Walkleys because it's, you know, it's 2023. You would think that Australia's main journalism awards might have a, a climate reporting mm. category. Um, and actually climate analyst Katan Joshi, who's another uh, favourite tweeter of mine, um, <laughs> he actually did a blog post today where he looked at the fact that the Walkleys have in, in just their general categories, very rarely even um, recognised climate reporting. Not only do they did they refuse mm. to add a, a category, they over many, many years they've barely mentioned the word climate change <laughs> or fossil fuels or anything. And, and you can see, you know, Ampol and BHP are on mm. the awards there. Um, it just seems so transparent when you put it like that, doesn't it? Yeah, John, were you like aware of of this as an issue with the Walkleys prior to reading that that excellent post from um, Belinda Belinda Noble? Yeah, I called her Amanda Noble first time. So it was three o'clock in the morning when I wrote the blog post. I fixed that now. I apologise, Belinda. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I wasn't. I, I um, you know, I'm in the media and I had no idea. Honestly, mm. I, like I said in the blog post, I thought it may have something to do with um, with sort of blended whiskey or something. I didn't know. <laughs> it, it sounds like it's kind of a cool name. But, um, <laughs> no, but you know, when, when you see it and you, you see it laid out like that, then it's, for a cartoonist, it's the least morally ambiguous thing to say, do you mm. go along with greenwashing or not? I mean, it's, it's particularly easy for us because we've got nothing to lose anyway and we're natural chips there. <laughs> and um, the, the, price, the price for doing it is incredibly low. I mean, seriously, it's like picking up something you're putting in the bin. <laughs> so, <laughs> there has been a lot of, of cartoonists mm. jump on board. So we very quickly saw Fiona Katowskis, uh, Matt Golding, First Dog on the Moon, yep, um, David Rowe jump on board really quite quickly um, and those I suppose would have been your main competitors for the, for the category. <laughs> I feel like you've, cleared, you've really like cleared this, the, 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 uh, the, the turf yeah, for a mock night to snip up another yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, just going to skate on through. Really <laughs> but it, it does seem to have really picked up speed very quickly, you know. We, we all thought Twitter was dead and it's, it sort of seems to be the last gasp of some grassroots campaigning. Mm. Have you been hearing sort of, have you been contacted by a lot of people or does it feel like this has really landed in, in a way? Yeah, look, it has, I have got a fair bit of contact from people. I, um, I honestly didn't expect many people to jump on board with it. I just... Uh, I just thought maybe people would go, oh, actually, you know, that's a fair point and maybe next year they might change, you know, quietly drop the, the sponsorship. Mm. But, yeah, it, it, went, it, it went pretty hard, to be honest. And it's good. I mean, look, it, it, like I said, it's not a hard thing to do. I mean, really, it's, it's, there's no virtue at all in, in 
not entering an award ceremony. <laughs> 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 it's really, but it, it is. It's one of those things where when you see it and you don't, you think, well, why not? Why aren't you? I mean, really, if you can't, if you can't do such a small thing for such a huge issue, then how can you possibly expect anyone to do anything ever? Mm. So, I mean, you know. As you, as you say, John, it's obviously perhaps you're in a, in a, in a good position to, to sort of not have to engage with this. But as you also say, you, you have snapped up a couple in your, in your past. And, and do you think that, and as you say, within the journalism world, it's considered quite a big deal to have gotten a Walkley. Do you think that it's, I mean, how, how do you, how would a young journalist navigate something like this? Obviously, like, did you find that when you were at the Australian that you were kind of, they were like, you've got to apply for this because this looks good for us if you win a Walkley? Oh, yeah, the, the papers are always quite big on you going in. Actually, I am generally disinclined to go in that sort of thing because I don't necessarily require external validation terribly much. But, um, Must be nice. Uh, I, I, well, like, well, I, like I said, I do think that it's a reward ceremony. It's a bit of a wank. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, they said, you know, do you want to go in it? And, you know, I saw, I had a qualm about it, but it's not a qualm about the end of the world or, you know, the global warming. It's a qualm mm. about my personal feelings about it. So I went, oh, fair enough. You know, and, and I entered it. And you just, basically, my argument isn't that everyone has to be entirely pure at all times and become vegan. <laughs> uh, it's just that when there's something obvious right in front of you, you, you should probably follow the instructions and just, just do it. Take advantage <laughs> of that fact, yeah, for sure. Um, John, before we let you go, it is Triple R's Radiothon Festival uh, at the moment and we are um, encouraging people to subscribe to Triple R to, to keep uh, our, this little public broadcaster on air. In light of, uh, in light of this and, and this sort of um, slightly insidious kind of um, corporate sort of uh, control of some areas of conversation in the media in Australia. How, how valuable uh, do, do you think, especially as a political cartoonist who's often pushing the boundaries, how valuable is public media or independent media in Australia? Oh, the case we're honest, simple as that. <laughs> so, yes, it is valuable, of course. On that note... More power to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Thanks for joining us, John. All right, thanks. Triple R on FM, digital, online, on demand, podcasts, and via the app. We have some more names. All right, who have I got? I've got Malcolm Sutherland from Altona subscribing to the Australian Mood. Says, love my Triple R when I'm able to listen live, but love them more when I can listen to them on demand anytime. Thanks for another fantastic year, Neil. Uh, Talis, Talis, sorry, sorry, Talis Stearns from Brighton East, uh, subscribing to Neon Sunset with a donation of $40, 40 years of listening and subscribing to the R's and going strong. My favorite shows change every year, but all is joyous and Shazam feeding. Um, we've got Leaf McCauley from Belmont subscribing to Respect the Rock says, yeah, Taddy, love your guts. <laughs> Dean Wall, Bentley East, subscribing to Double Bounce. Curtis Hammond, Coburg, uh, subscribing to Maps. Philip Hand from Fitzroy North, uh, subscribing to Eat It. Um, and uh, Mark Fitzgerald from Southbank to the whole station. And finally, Amy Brotman uh, from Northcote, subscribing to The Score, says, Go Samira and The Score team. Love the vibes. Shout out to Nicole Tadpole's passion on Respect the Rock. Den- Denise's amazing commitment on Twang and something has been cut off. Oh. <laughs> it's probably for us. Is it that? Oh, and the team at 
Indigenuity, love your educational work. Sorry, it was on the top of (laughs) Charlie's page (laughs) instead of on my page. Donnie, you've got some names. Georgia Jean from Northcote. Uh, She's new and she she subscribed to Double Bounce. Thank you, Georgia. Damien Miller from Windham Vale, who again knew... And subscribe to Spin Cycle. (laughs) Both of you need to uh, pull one of those embarrassing anecdotes out of For one? Yes, yes. Um, Matt Mullins from Airport West, renewing to JVG Radio Method. Oh, new Matt. Melbourne Hydronic Heating Mm -hmm. from Melbourne, new donation of $50 to Breakfasters. Eclectic and diverse in both music and the presenters, unrevealed. Adam Clark for West Footscray, oh. a new donation of $15, spin cycle. Shout out, good on you, Dad. <laughs> that was Donnie's father. <laughs> Shauna Boyle from Brunswick, renewing, a passionate renewer, I should say, to Neon Sunset. Massive, massive ups to Annalise for bringing bringing us the guests of great music every week on Neon Sunset. So many exciting discoveries, new obsessions and reunited love of near-forgotten gems. You rock. Hell yeah. Uh, I've got Tabitha Hutchinson from Heidelberg, uh, renewing to Respect the Rock. Filthy D is her quote. I've got a, I've got a <laughs> lot of comments on this one and a lot of them are... Wonder, wonderfully mad. Um, Elliot Lawrence from Fitzroy North is renewing to Double Bounce. Happy birthday to VQ. Love Ellie. XX. Uh, Robbie Pierce from Lauriston, uh renewing and donating 15 bucks to The Good, The Dub and The Global. We've got uh, Big Tony and Lil Nashy Meow <laughs> from West West Gray. West, West, West. Uh, they, oh, and it's a spin cycle new one and the comment is just meow, meow, meow. Yeah, my cat, sorry, I'll say. Oh, yeah. nice one. Okay, thanks, Big Tony. Thanks, Lil Nashy. <laughs> and thank you, Donnie, for making that one clearer to me. <laughs> Uh, Tiffany Barberich oh from Northcote, uh, a passionate <laughs> renew to breakfasters. Thanks so much for another great year of informative and excellent radio. Uh, Alex Dupin from Kensington, renewing to Respect the Rock. Uh, Leslie Dev- Devlin from Dandenong, renewing to Off the Record. Uh, Leslie says, every Saturday morning, Grace the Cat and I listen to Off the Record. It sets up our Saturday <laughs> with old faves and new artists. A great soundtrack to the housework. I love this. Thank you so much, Leslie. And then, amazing. And then finally, Megan Watts from Flynn, again in the ACT, uh, subscribing a new subscriber to Smart Arts. Richard Watts has the most mellifluous voice on Triple R, and I don't think that being his sister. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank you, Megan. I'm sure Richard appreciates your feedback. It was amazing seeing Richard as part of the um, Four Corners episode uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, on um, the um, very, you know, the lack of um, of players, gay players in the AFL feeling like they were able to speak up. Um, And it just shows that's just one example of actually how you know, so many announcers at Triple R are so essential to the culture of this city and the kind of 
grassroots um, fibre of, mm. uh, yeah, of our the, culture the absolute, the absolute, um, um, beyond the broadcasting that they do for nothing every week. And Richard's show is actually phenomenal. I've had to fill in mm. on Smart Arts a couple of times and I <laughs> do not know how he does it every week. I should just point out, uh, Donny, the, the radio pro in this room, has pointed out to me that I actually cut that sentence off halfway and has handed me the second half of that <laughs> sentence. Uh, so the full, the full quote is, Richard Watts has the most mellifluous voice on Triple R. I don't think being his sister should disqualify me from saying that. Oh, never. <laughs> Lovely, Megan. Thank um, you. I have a couple here. Thank you, Jason Christie from Brunswick West, who's renewing to Superfluity. Thank you, Sean Kolodnik from Box Hill South, who's renewing to the Australian Mood and says, thanks, Neil, for many years of supporting, listening and discovering incredible Australian music. Yeah. How about some moffs to relive the <laughs> Rusden days? We'll leave that up to Neil. <laughs> Clay White from Buller is renewing to the station and says, independent media all the way. Thank you, Clay. Eloise Gordon from Geelong renewing with a donation. Thank you so much to Eloise. To Maps, Triple R is still teaching this old dog new tricks. Love you lot. Keep being rad. That's very cute. Kim McLaren from Brunswick East renewing with a donation. Thank you so much, Kim. Susie D from Brunswick renewing to Smart Arts. Long live Smart Arts. Yeah. Bernard Churchill from Brunswick renewing to Off the Record. And thank you to Denise Witt from Brunswick East with a donation renewing to Breakfasters. Thank you, Triple R, for making Melbourne such a great place to live. Oh, it really fills your heart, doesn't it? It does. It really, really does. Um, We might have time for a couple more, but then we've got to hear a very quick song and get Laura on the line. Have we got any more or are we we good? no, you just read out the same sheet that I just have here. Oh, well, thanks oh. for letting me know that, Donny. <laughs> Donny, would you like this one back? <laughs> the, the, the sentence, you can finish off that long sentence that you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> have, we, have we got some more there or are we... Yeah, we've got some. Okay, let's go. Cheese Louise Easton from Brunswick East, renewing with a donation of $15 to Press Colour. Thanks for the education and inspiration, you're all amazing. That's you with you're with three R's. Yeah. <laughs> press press colour is a fantastic new show on the grid, gotta say. Paul McGrath from Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. Renew a p- passionate renewer to new and groovy. Leon Melvin from Brunswick East renewing to stolen moments. Tyson Horser from Thornbury renewing to Stylin. Brent Brett Simpson from Mural Bark. We um he's new with a donation of fifteen dollars to Breakfasters. Thank thank you for the journey each morning. Quality quality is hard to find, so easy to identify when you come across it. I'm sad it took me fifty years to find you. Fifty three years to find you. I'm all I'm all in from here because of this show. Oh, that's wonderful. That's so beautiful. Three. Triple. I think we can safely say that many of our listeners will be fangirling along with us for our next guest, and I include you in that, Charlie. 
Laura Tingle is Chief Political Correspondent for the ABC 7.30 and in her regular columns has the uncanny ability to cut through the political zeitgeist with the clarity of a laser beam. Tingle began her career as a cadet journalist for the Australian Financial Review, later returning as a political editor. She's reported at the Sydney Morning Herald, The Australian, authored books, won Walkleys, is the president of the National Press Club and was earlier this year voted in as the staff-elected director of the ABC. Welcome, Laura. Wow. It sounds really impressive. I feel like I should meet myself. (laughs) (laughs) Laura, I just got to say, I have never seen Jess like this after talking to someone. (laughs) We've had some pretty big people on this show. She's never been (laughs) giddy like this about anyone. (laughs) Don't blow my cover, Charlie. I thought I was doing very well then. Um, Laura, I know that we don't have you for very long, but I, I just want to ask, as you can, as you know, it is our kind of radiothon and we are celebrating public broadcasting this week across our Hurrah. grid, yes, and uh, I, think it, it, I think at this point in your career you could be sunning yourself by the pool and phoning in your political <laughs> memoirs. <laughs> However, what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> that is the greatest um, White Lotus picture I've ever had in my mind, <laughs> intelligent White Lotus with intellect. Um, but I think, if anything, your advocacy for public broadcasting is becoming even stronger, um, especially with your election to the ABC board. What has your career taught you about the importance, I suppose, of non-commercial public broadcasting and why is, has, it, has it caught you, caught such a grip on you now at this point in your career? Um, that's such a late point in my career, you could say. Look, um, uh, I mean, I, I always sort of say I'm actually a child of the ABC, literally because my parents met at the ABC. And, um, isn't that nice? Um, that, yes, they met in the newsroom of Kellett Street in Sydney in 1953. Um, and so in some ways coming back to... I, sort of say, I say coming back to the ABC, but coming to the ABC... quite late in my career, um, sort of felt like coming home. Uh, There there was something about um, the sort of nature of public broadcasting that sort of rang true to me. And, uh, you know, I've I've become more passionate about it, I suppose, in the five and a half years since I've been at the ABC, partly because of what's been happening in the media, you know, in the the last couple of decades, but particularly the last 10 years, um, you know, the... The sort of culture wars, um, the, the unrelenting attacks on the um, public broadcasters around the world, um, and in some ways it sort of it hit me hardest, or it really was clearest to me, strangely enough, when I was in Europe in 2019 and watching the BBC from continental Europe during the height of the chaos about Brexit, and just sort of seeing. You know, the BBC just absolutely going for, you know, the issue of challenging the government when it had, when the government had closed down Parliament uh, illegally, as it was found to be by the High Court. And in some ways, having sort of gone into the ABC and trying to work out, you know, what it was that, you know... Because the ABC is very careful about what it does because it wants to make sure it meets its charter obligation to present all sides of the story. And... In some ways, that's become a really weird thing to do for for a media organisation. Mm-hmm. It's become so polarised, and it's so normal now for you to only get one sort of one point of view on a, on an issue in the media. And it was sort of so weird trying to work out where the ABC was up to, what its mindset was in in terms of how did it deal with that. And I think we're still dealing with that now. But I think looking at 
from outside a, a system, if you like, as an outsider, and uh, looking into what the BBC was doing during that Brexit debate, it really crystallised for me just absolutely how important it was to go back to those sort of ideas that have become quite, I don't know, not foreign, but quite unusual in the media now, which is that we, you know, we challenge governments, we we question what they do. We don't do it on a, you know, everybody's always good for the salacious story, but we need to be challenging governments um, to be delivering what they say they're going to deliver um, and what they should be delivering and to be giving that really huge diversity of views that people need um, at a time when they're sort of hitting, you know, information overload, that we don't just give them um, information, that we try to give them the information they need. Mm-hmm. Um, Laura, it's Rachel here. Um, it's lovely to have you on the show, especially during Radiothon when the theme is it's educational because you are such a, an educational figure to all of us, I'd say. Um, I have a, a less serious question following on from that very serious answer, which is um, Jess has been encouraging Charlie and I to share some of our more embarrassing uh, stories in our journalism careers and we were wondering if you might have oh. something for us from your illustrious career. Oh. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are lots of really embarrassing things. Um, I'm just trying to think. I think I've probably slotted them very firmly in the back of my mind. <laughs> yes, um, as we had. <laughs> um, oh, look, they're, they're the usual things where you've left a verb out of a sentence in the uh, front page story <laughs> on the newspaper um, uh, or, you know, um, just just got the quote completely, or not the quote wrong, but you just, you know, you, you just you just stuffed it up. We, so often when you're in a real hurry, I, I, I notice it more when I, I noticed that I used to make more mistakes in a way during my print career than I do in um, in television because you've got so many eyes looking at something mm-hmm. when you, before you put something to air on television. But in print, it's really easy to write something where you're confident that you have written one sentence, but in fact, you just write something else altogether. <laughs> and, and everybody just sort of presumes that you know what you're talking about sometimes, and that can be really, really dangerous. I mean, I'll, I'll tell a story which isn't actually about me, but it's actually about my late husband who wrote this entire column for the Sydney Morning Herald, which was about a particular ship in the Navy, and it might have been the HMAS Perth. Um, I can't remember exactly now, but it was, but it was something like this. It was it, the, the ship was called the HMAS Perth, but he called it the HMAS Swan the whole way through 1,500-word column. And nobody noticed because they just presumed he knew what he was talking about. And you can sort of see how you do something like that. But And it's not something that actually necessarily, you know, undermines the story, but it's a reasonably crucial fact to get right. Yes. <laughs> um, Laura, just before you go... What do you think, given given you, your observations about the the sort of media landscape and and the importance for you know multiple points of view and mm-hmm. and having these um, opportunities for debate rather than polarization, mm-hmm. what do you think the the landscape's like for young journalists coming up now compared to say you know when the I guess more traditional kind of legacy mastheads had a hold on. Um, on the industry? Uh, look, I think there's you know, positives and negatives um, always. I think the positives are, the, you know, the so-called barriers to entry are so much lower than they used to be. You know, you can 
set up a you know your own website, your own blog, whatever, um, and and sort of get out there and and try things out. Um, I think the challenges uh, are more that you don't get to sort of learn the trade as somebody like I got to do, um, and even then it was starting to fall to pieces a bit. But you know, I mean, I, I was sort of given around, and mm. um, I, I learned how to how you could uh, how far you could push stories. Um, how you had to keep, you know, relationships going with people in a particular sector. Um, and you learnt about particular policy areas. And I think the, the sort of the, the difficult thing for young journalists now is that it's very hard to develop any expertise over one or several different areas now, which does give you this great platform of not only knowledge but confidence in your own judgments and and it also means that you tend to be always I mean I don't mean young journalists in particular but you know it's so easy to just uh err into the into um the realm of opinion rather than being able to say look I can actually tell my readers or my viewers something that they don't know because I've gone and had the time to go and find out about it and now I can tell them just one final question, kind of, I guess, on the on the values of, of public broadcasting. And, and again, like everyone, we're all so delighted you could join us, Laura. Um, do you feel that there's anything that you're liberated to do since joining the ABC that, that wasn't quite so available to you in, in uh, more commercial endeavours such as the AAFR or your time in other places? Um, look, if anything, I think it, it's... Um it's not exactly the reverse, um, but I think, um, you know, the ABC is held to su- such a much higher standard that, you know, it's actually, you know, you've got to think differently about the way you do your work. Um, so in some ways it's liberating because I'm covering a lot... I mean, there was a really long period, not under the current regime, but a long period where the Financial Review just didn't believe in covering climate change stories because... <laughs> the business community wasn't interested in it, mm. quote-unquote. Mm. Um, so, I mean, I feel that, you know, being at the public broadcaster, you know, you can range into a whole heap of areas that, you know, a, a specialist financial newspaper couldn't. But, you know, what you can do, the, the extent to which you can push it, um, I think the, the ABC has, you know, has been finding it difficult in recent years to just work out, you know, how far it can go on a story, um, you know, with, you know the, the sort of need to always have everybody's views covered um, is, uh, you know, is, is an important thing always. But it also, in some ways, constrains or changes the sort of journalism we might have done, you know, 20 years ago. It does feel like the ABC does come under pretty um, vociferous and public criticism from all quarters at the moment. Do you feel mm-hmm. that from within the organisation, or is that just something that um, is there a sort of a shield? Around you, that you just you just keep your head down and do biz- and go business as normal. I think we all try to just get on with our jobs, but I think you know it, it, there there are so many sort of shall we say official avenues of attack as opposed to just sort of the rather dreary, relentless coverage of you know anything that moves. You know, journalists mm. talking about journalists talking about journalists mm. uh, from um, well from the Australian primarily, but. <laughs> Um, you know, people can, you know, sort of make official complaints. Um, you know, politicians can pursue the ABC through Senate estimates, all of those things. It does uh, have a uh, sort of 
it does tend to wear an organisation down, I think. Mm. And um, and I think one of the really important things uh, for the ABC is, yes, we are always... Um, you know, there to be uh, challenged on our reporting if we've made a mistake. Uh, but we also have to, I think, assert as an organisation um, much as strongly as we can that, you know, our charter obligation is to present the broadest range of opinions, whether people like them or not, um, that to inform the public about things and that we should never, ever forget that that's what we're there for. Laura Tingle, thank you so much for joining Spin Cycle this evening. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and we really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Laura. Thanks, Laura. Congratulations and uh, good luck with the radio bomb. Thank you. Um, did you just tell everyone to subscribe? <laughs> I, I think I did. Yes, brilliant. <laughs> you heard it here first from Laura Tingle, everyone. Triple R. I believe, Donnie, you have a few more subscriber names to read out. Yes, we've got Cassidy Mullen from Pasco Vale renewing to the grapevine. Such a great way to start the week. David Nolan from Glen Iris renewing to the Australian mood. Justin Naylor from Richmond renewing to the Australian mood again. Thank you, Neil, Jeff and everyone at Triple R for your support of local music. Love your work. Here, here. Yeah. Spiros Damatelatos. Spiros, yep. Um, from Port Melbourne renewing to Beat Augie. Augie, yep. <laughs> I'm so glad what, you don't what, know what that, name, that word means. Yep, let's keep going. Is that good? Is this word good or bad? Uh, we'll maybe learn that in a few years' time. Okay, okay. Sarah Allen from Pasco Vale South, renewing to the station. Odette Shenfield from Fitzroy North, renewing to Primal Screen. And we have uh, Brett Thomas from Capel Sound renewing to Where Are Your Ears. Libby Youngberry from Hillsville uh, renewing with a donation. Thank you so much, Libby, to Off the Record. Joe Rankin from Malvern East, passionate and a donation. You're a legend, Joe, renewing to Far and Wide. Steve, I look forward to your show each week. I've lost count of the years. Thanks for all the tunes. Kim Poole from Northcote renewing to Breakfasters. Thanks for the tunes, the chat, the education. Thank you, Kim. Reagan Forbes from Frankston renewing with a donation. Thank you so much, Reagan, to MAPS. I've got Nick Cremary from Wet's Footscray, my new favourite person because he is a renewal passionate to Spin Cycle. Woohoo! He says, Spin Cycle is my fave thing to listen to for real political goss, <laughs> all in caps. Uh, breakdowns. Love it. Educational AF. HDRK uh-huh. uh, from Clifton Hill. Oh, I hate rock. Oh, right. Of course. Yeah. Renew bands. <laughs> they also have renewed to Spin Cycle. Oh. Guys, thank you. Thank you. And they say, thank Thanks, you. Thanks, Johnny and Nigel. Thank you for going into all the wormholes and explaining <laughs> it all to us. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's feedback like that that really makes it all worthwhile. Uh, Amanda Palmer from Coburg is renewing to Breaking and Entering. Thank you, Amanda. And John Murray Art Gallery from Fitzroy is renewing a business to the station. Keep up the brilliant work to each and every one of you legends, giving your time, knowledge, curiosity, and passion to the programs and music that enrich our lives. Love, all in caps, the Triple R community. Thank you so much. 
Um, and I've got just a few here. We've got Franca Senna from Frankston North renewing to Spin Cycle with a donation of $40. Oh, and a shout-out to Laura Tingle. <laughs> Thank you, Franca. Um, You're on our wavelength. We've got Margot Clark in Bentley East <laughs> uh, subscribing to Spin Cycle with well, a donation of $20. That's good because that's my grandma. <laughs> oh, oh wow. <laughs> How many family members of yours have we had subscribed to? I don't know. I, I'm um, going to call my parents after this and tell them they are letting me down um steve cook in elwood um yeah, new subscriber to eat it through the dark times through the hard times and the good times thanks for keeping me company love you oh yeah and Beautiful. andrew russell from hawthorne renewing to superfluity at passionately and with a donation of a hundred dollars amazing thank you so much amazing Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks so much, Donnie, for, for coming along. And thank you, Donnie. Thank you. Start the show. <laughs> Other than Laura. <laughs> thanks, Rachel and Charlie. We'll catch you next week. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Sample, at Lily Juice, and at The Shuffle Diary. You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via On Demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this.